0: We kind of get what we expect to get. In life, we kind of see what we expect to see. We hear what we expect to hear. We feel what we expect to feel. And inevitably, we accomplish what we expect to accomplish. God says... You choose. You choose what you want to accomplish. He says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. You choose. So, how does God build my faith? Can I take a faith vitamin? Can I get faith therapy? I may need therapy, but not faith therapy, amen? Can I take a faith class to pass or not? Of course, not really. But there is a secret about faith that I want to share with you this morning. And you're not going to really like it. You're not going to get real excited about this secret. But the truth is this. God builds our faith by testing it. God builds our faith by testing it. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to James chapter 1, that's on page 1072 in the Bibles in front of you. I want to share with you just a few verses that will get us started in understanding how God builds our faith. In James chapter 1, beginning in verse 2, first of all, James is writing to fellow Christians, okay? He begins by saying, my brethren, my brothers and sisters in Christ, count it all joy... When, say when, not if, but when you fall into various trials. Now James was a little bit of a sicko because he said he wants you to find it all joy when you fall into various trials, but he com- continues on, saying in verse three, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience now the word for patience there can also be translated endurance or perseverance and he continues in verse 4 saying but let endurance or perseverance have its perfect work that you may be complete mature perfect lacking nothing so james says that when your faith is tested endurance is the result he says when your trust in god is tried perseverance is developed and you will become more mature you'll become more effective and you will lack nothing In doing the will of God in your life. So, God wants me to live by faith. Amen? Amen. And He builds my faith by testing it. I don't necessarily like it, but I guess I better know how He's going to go about doing that. How is God going to go about? Testing my faith. Today I want to share with you four ways that he's going to do that or can do that or might do that. And I want to share this with you so that you'll be alert. So that you'll be alert and maybe you'll recognize the things you're going through that it might be a test. You may hear these and you say, Brother Bill, I've already endured that test. But the question is, did you pass the test? Because if you don't pass the test, what do you get to do? Take it again. Amen. Some tests I have taken until I am blue in the face and I'm tired of taking the test. One of these days I'm going to learn. So anyway, the first way that we find that God tests our faith is, Is through difficulties. Boy, it's going to be a pile of joy. I can tell already. Trials. Problems. Pressures. Tough circumstances. All the stresses of life. Those are the difficulties I'm talking about. Now, James wasn't the only one to address this issue. The Apostle Peter in chapter 1 of first Peter also reminded us that while you may have already suffered this test you may have already suffered greatly through all kinds of trials these trials come so that your faith may be proved genuine and that they may result or produce in praise glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ so I guess what I'm saying is, and what Peter's saying is, it just ain't all about you, now is it? When you're going through a difficulty, it's not all about you. Perhaps it's about somebody who's watching you go through your difficulty. Will you go through your difficulty faithfully or unfaithfully? But here's my point really, and that is, for the follower of Jesus Christ... Nothing, say nothing, nothing Nothing ever happens by accident. Did y'all get that? I know you don't like it, but did you get it? For the follower of Jesus Christ, there's no such thing as coincidence. Nothing ever happens by accident. These trials, these problems, these difficulties are permitted they are allowed to come into your life, perhaps, to test your faith in God. And if you're a child of God, nothing comes into your life without God's say-so. Now, when we prayed earlier, we prayed thanking God for being our father and for us being his children. I know that as a child of God, he doesn't want anything bad for me. Would you all agree with that? So that means that everything he wants for me is for my benefit. It's for my good. That means nothing is going to come into my life without his say-so, and it will be intended for my good long term. James says that God uses various trials to test my faith. And you know, if life was easy all the time, I wouldn't need any faith, would I? But here's a great verse to hold on to when you're going through these difficulties I'm talking about. When you're going through the, the tough times. And that verse is Isaiah 48 and verse 10. And God said to the prophet, I have refined you, though not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Anybody ever been in the furnace of affliction? What is the furnace of affliction? Well, what happens in a furnace? It gets hot. Amen? That's where the heat is. Have you ever felt the heat in your life? You ever felt the heat? See, when the heat's on, that's when the real test occurs. So how do you do when you're in the furnace of affliction? Many times in the Bible, problems and difficulties are compared to a furnace. The furnace of a refiner's fire heats up the gold or heats up the silver so much that all the impurities are burned away. You probably remember that old story about that old silversmith who was once asked, he said, how do you know, sir, when the impurities in your silver are burned away? And the silversmith said, When I can see my reflection in the silver. You see, friend, when Jesus can see his reflection in you, he knows that the infirmities, he knows that the impurities are being burned away from your life. You see, God uses difficulties to accomplish that. To build your faith. But that's not all because the second test of your faith in God is this. God will test our faith through demands. Through demands. You know, just in the New Testament alone, there are over 1,050 commands that believers are supposed to follow. How y'all doing with all that, amen? (laughs) Wow, that's, that's a handful, amen? Now, some of these demands are like unreasonable. Some of these demands are very inconvenient. Some of these demands seem downright impossible. So what do you do? What do you do when an impossible command sounds like a demand from the voice of God? Well, first of all, we need to realize that the reason he's given us the command is for our benefit. He didn't give you this to restrict you, to impoverish you, or to keep you from enjoying life. No, he gave this to you for your benefit. But he also gave it to you to test your faith. And the issue at the time that you read the command is this. Who am I going to trust? You've read some of the commands in the Bible before. You ever heard that one, be anxious for nothing? That means don't worry about nothing, y'all. How y'all doing with that one? Probably about the same as I do, amen? Or that command like, do good to your enemy. Whoa, really? How about that one that says, forgive other people? How about that one, be thankful in everything? See, every time that God gives a command in the Bible, it's a demand placed on your life, and in reality, it's a test of faith. The test is this. Am I going to trust that what God says is right? Or am I going to trust my own opinion? Am I going to trust what's right in my own eyes? You read through the Bible and there are literally hundreds of examples where God said, do this. And a child of God trusted him. They had faith in him. And even though that command made no sense, even though it seemed impossible... They did it. See, God often asks you and I to do what we may think or what may seem is impossible. I can't live like that. I can't forgive my enemy. I can't turn the other cheek. So why does God ask me to do such things? To grow my faith there was one guy in the Bible his name was Abram you remember his story Abram was about 75 years old and God said I'm going to take you somewhere where you can make a difference I want to, you to go somewhere where you've never been before and Abraham says well exactly where am I going Lord He says, I'll tell you. Abram says, well, how am I going to get there, Lord? God said, I'll show you. Abram says, well, how am I going to know when I get there, Lord? God said, when you get there, I'll tell you. What would you do with a command like that? Would you say... God, can I use Google Maps first? (laughs) You see, faith is often risky. Faith often is a risk. And when it's a risk, that means that you can't understand all the details in advance. You just got to do it. Why would God... Ask me to just do it in advance, not knowing where I'm going. Could it be that he's interested in building your faith in him? Of course. That's what he means when he says in Hebrews 11 verse 8, By faith, here it comes, Abraham obeyed and he went. He obeyed and he went. God said it, he did it. See, when God says it, I'm supposed to do it. Whether I understand it or not, whether it makes sense to me or not, when God says it, I'm supposed to do it. God tests our faith that way. And he does it through difficulties, but he also does it through those demands. But there's a third test of faith, and that is God tests our faith with dollars. Yep, I'm talking about money. (laughs) Did you know that money is one of the greatest tests of faith in the Christian's life? Few people understand how God uses material possessions as a test of character, as a test of faith. Luke 16:11, the Lord Jesus said, if you haven't been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, that's dollars, that's money, then who's going to trust you with true riches? What's he saying? Jesus is telling you and I that all through scripture, there's a definite, direct connection with how I handle my money and the effectiveness of my spiritual life. I'm glad I didn't say it because I might get fired. Amen. But money is a test. Money is a test. What I do with my money has a direct bearing on how God blesses me and how God blesses you. Every time that I'm willing, ready, and able to generously give to the work of the Lord, wherever that may be, knowing that that money can be spent on something I want to spend it on, It's a test. It's a test. See, just like God uses difficulties, just like God uses demands, God also uses dollars. I know one couple, personally, that sold their very large house and moved into a smaller one so that they could help buy land to plant a church. That's sacrificial giving. Would you agree? That's crazy. Crazy giving. I read about several families that postponed remodeling their house because they wanted to give to a church expansion. That is sacrificial giving. I read about one lady who returned a very expensive dress that she had bought for a party. She bought a... Cheaper one instead because she wanted to use that money to start a new ministry. That's sacrificial giving. I know one guy quit smoking for one reason alone. He wanted to use that money for the work of the Lord. That's sacrificial giving. The bottom line is this in all of those areas. God wants to be Lord of the difficulties in your life. God wants to be Lord of the demands in your life. God wants to be Lord over the dollars in your life. And if I want to grow in faith, and I do, I do, then I need to learn to rejoice continually in the difficulties of life. I need to learn to obey immediately in the demands on my life. And furthermore, I need to learn to give generously with the dollars in my life. There's one final test I want to share with you this morning. And that is God tests our faith through delays. He builds our faith by testing it through delays. Now, this is the fun part because we all love this part. Consider this. If every prayer you prayed were immediately answered, if every need you have was automatically met, if every problem you ever had was instantly solved, you wouldn't need faith, now would you? But that's a fairy world because it ain't that way. It's not that way. We got to wait. And we hate to wait. I hate to wait. I've shared this with y'all before. But one common illustration of my hatred of waiting goes like this. We moved to Athens not terribly long ago, and in Athens there are 15 traffic lights from the moment I get into the city limits till I get to my house. Ask me how I know. I've counted them. But upon approaching a traffic light, I go into analytical mode. I look in both lanes and I count the cars. Three in that side, four. I'm going in this one. Wait a minute. There's a handicap tag, so I'm going to get back over here. <laughs> i just being honest. Why? Because I don't want to wait any longer than I have to wait. I hate to wait, yet a large portion of my whole life is spent waiting for stuff that really matters not just the traffic light. And when I do, and boy, I've asked this one a lot at the traffic light, I ask those when questions. When is this light going to turn green? When? But I only ask the when questions while I'm waiting. But there are plenty of other when questions that people ask. Many couples say, when is my marriage going to get better? If you're single, you might ask, when am I going to find that right person and get married? If you've been struggling in the furnace of affliction maybe you ask the Lord, when am I ever going to get well? If you're a student, maybe you say, when is summer vacation? And if you're a parent, you say, when is summer vacation over? Amen? Gotcha. But often these tests, These tests are intended to grow our faith, to grow our trust in God. Now, there are some of you who are waiting on something serious right now. And you've been waiting a long time. Maybe you've been waiting for a family member to come to Christ and you just keep asking, Lord, when? When's when's she going to straighten up? When's she going to come to the Lord? When? What I want you to know this morning is that while you're waiting, God is there. While you're waiting, God is there. While you're waiting, He don't leave you all alone. It just may be a test. So God uses the difficulties and the demands and the dollars, but he also uses delays in your life to build your faith. And so if my faith is going to be built, I need to learn to wait patiently as much as I hate it. Because rarely will God just snap his fingers and give instant answers to all my prayers Why? Because he's building something in me. He's growing my faith. So some of you are going through incredibly tough times right now. Incredibly tough times. And maybe you need to pray something like this. Lord, increase my faith. Increase my faith faith, even through the struggles, the difficulties of my life. Maybe God is testing your faith right now through the demands of Scripture. What is it that God's told you to do? And if you're honest, you just hadn't done it yet. Maybe God's testing your faith through dollars. God, I can hardly make ends meet. And Brother Bill's talking about what you demand about tithing. God, don't you know what I make? And God says, yeah, I know what you make. I know what everybody makes. But that's not the issue. That's not the issue. The issue is your faith. The issue is I am building something in you. I'm testing your faith. Maybe you're facing the test of delay. What is it you've been expecting God to do? And y'all, it just hasn't happened yet. And you're getting tired of it. You're growing weary of praying this prayer to God and nothing happened. You think, God, when? God, how long have I got to wait? God, why hasn't this happened? God's encouragement to you again and again in the Bible is this. Don't give up. Don't give up. Look up to God and trust him and allow him to build and increase your faith. So the question is... Do I really want to live by faith? The Bible tells us that we can't live by sight. We have to live by faith. And if I want to please God, it's impossible to do that unless I live by faith. If you want to live by faith, are you willing to play or to pray that incredibly dangerous prayer, Lord, increase my faith. You see, the reason it's so dangerous is because God builds faith, God increases faith by testing it. Testing it. So friend, if you want this this morning for your life, would you be willing to stand with me right now? If you want your faith to be stronger, would you just stand with me right now? And I don't want you to to pray this prayer unless it's coming from a heart of faith. But here's the four-word prayer. Y'all ready? Say, I'm ready. Ready. Lord, Lord, increase my faith. Now, friend, if you truly prayed that prayer of faith just now, you weren't just repeating some words that the pastor told you to pray. But if you prayed that prayer with faith, according to the scriptures, I can tell you that God is smiling down on you. Because God is pleased when we live by faith. Have you trusted God's word and all that it says about salvation coming through Jesus hanging on a splintery old cross shedding his blood for your sins and mine? Do you believe that? Can you muster up enough faith? Can you trust that God would do that for you? Maybe you said, yeah, Bill, I've done that a long time ago. What's God been building since then? Do you trust God to use the tests of life to increase your faith? Today, is the day that God wants to begin building your faith. And it all begins with a faithful prayer. It says, Lord, increase my faith. Let's pray. Father, thank you for even wanting to build faith in us and Lord we don't question your methods or modes not one second so Lord if you want to use difficulties demands, dollars or delays we give you praise and we give you thanks that you would build a life of faith in us Lord we become children of God through faith and we Live as children of faith and Father I ask you now in Jesus name to speak to every individual in this room Lord to the one who's never given their life to Christ Lord I pray that you would test their faith and ask them to come to you this morning just to step out of their pew step forward I'll show them what your word your demands say about how we come to Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. But Lord, for the brother or sister in Christ that has been reluctant to pass these tests, Lord, I pray there would be a renewed steadfastness and a faithful prayer that says, Lord, increase my faith. So Lord, whatever decision needs to be made this morning, whether it be for someone to come to Christ for the first day, for the first time, Lord, for someone to say, I recognize that God wants to use me and I'm just being obedient. Lord, whatever the need is, what a great place to pass the test. Lord, we love you. And we thank you for first loving us in Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Let's sing.